0: Now on Inside California Politics, Inside the Biden Agenda. The new president wasting no time rolling back Trump-era policy. From climate change to LGBTQ rights to immigration. The difference it will make here in California. Broadcasting across the Golden State, this is Inside California Politics. Thanks for joining us for Inside California Politics. I'm Frank Buckley in Los Angeles.
1: And I'm Nikki Lorenzo in Sacramento. With the new administration in the White House, California's influence is already helping to shape policy. Among the Californians serving in key roles, Vice President Kamala Harris, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and Health and Human Services Secretary nominee Javier Becerra.
0: President Biden has already signed multiple executive orders reversing Trump policy. One of the first was on immigration. HIS ORDERS INCLUDE CANCELING THE MUSLIM TRAVEL BAN, DEFENDING THE DACA PROGRAM, AND STOPPING THE BORDER WALL CONSTRUCTION. JOINING US NOW FOR REACTION IS DEMOCRATIC CONGRESSMAN MIKE LEVIN OF OCEANSIDE. PRESIDENT BIDEN HAS uh, SIGNED EXECUTIVE ORDERS ON IMMIGRATION, INCLUDING A PLAN TO PROVIDE A PATH TO CITIZENSHIP FOR DREAMERS AND MILLIONS OF UNDOCUMENTED IMMIGRANTS your district, not too far away from the Mexican border. You have many first and second generation immigrants in your district. Have you heard from them yet on their feelings about these executive orders? And what are your thoughts on them?
2: Well, thanks for having me. I've heard from a number of uh, our constituents about uh, President Biden's uh, executive orders and some of the the steps that the administration is taking uh, here in the first few days. And uh, I can tell you that Uh, There is relief that uh, we can have immigration policy that emphasizes not only security, which is so important, but also humanity. And I have to tell you, I take the issue personally, my own life story. Uh, My mom's parents, my grandparents were immigrants from Mexico, and they came when they were young children. Uh, My grandfather was around 12 years old. My grandmother was uh, three or four years old. Uh, and they found uh, their success. They were able to start a small business and have uh, five children, five girls, uh, my mom being one of them. And and, uh, despite not getting a formal education or or, uh, graduating even high school, they were able to send all five of their girls, including my mom, to college. So I would like to think that in this day and age uh, that we could uh, further those types of policies that Uh, Embrace the same kind of values, the American values, that my own grandparents uh, felt uh, and uh, experienced when they came to America many decades ago. uh, And simply stated, we are stronger because of immigration. Uh, We are stronger when we not uh, only tolerate one another, but when we actually appreciate the differences between us. And I think that's what the Biden-Harris administration uh, is aiming for with these policies.
0: You fought for a comprehensive immigration reform in the past. It has come close in the past. It has always proven elusive Congress after Congress. From your perspective, does President Biden's plan go far enough or is is it too ambitious? Does, does it have a chance of passing? Well, we've seen
2: the outline of the plan. We have to see the specific legislative language. And I know that uh, my colleagues in the House and in the Senate are working on specific legislative language. And The devil's always in the details with these things. But I think fundamentally, the premise that we need to keep families together, uh, that we need to grow our economy and recognize the contributions of immigrant labor, and that we need to treat our dreamers with respect as uh, the very best of us. Uh, Many of the the dreamers that I know in in our community, they are working on the front lines of this uh, pandemic. They are serving in the military. And it's a long past time that we treat our dreamers with the respect and dignity that they have earned. Uh, Just the same, uh, I think uh, there will be uh, no shortage of exuberant discussion in the House and Senate around these policies as there always is. Uh, But I think we can get it done. I think this is the time that we can get this done and we can look back and know that we fought for policies that are consistent with American values. Again, that uh, enhance security, that do the things that we know work, having been at the border multiple times myself, speaking to people at the border, knowing the needs around things like technology and scanners and the rest, uh, working on the things we know will work from a security perspective, but also getting back to treating uh, immigrants with decency, dignity, humanity, making sure that our asylum policies are consistent with American values, and doing something about those tens of thousands that are really stuck right now as a result of the last administration's policies uh, really without anywhere to go in, in very dangerous circumstances. We've got to do all we can for them. And fundamentally, we have to make sure that we keep families together. We have to end whatever remnants of this child separation policy still exists because it's inhumane and it must be stopped.
0: Speaking of the, the previous administration, President Trump often regarded California in adversarial terms. Uh, Will things change under the Biden administration and, and how so? Well, I think they
2: already have. All you needed to do was see uh, Vice President Kamala Harris uh, getting sworn in and then turning around and swearing in Alex Padilla our new Senator. Uh, even uh, seeing Kevin McCarthy and Nancy Pelosi, uh, our speaker and the uh, House Minority Leader. Uh, California has an extraordinary amount of influence in the national conversation right now. Uh, and I'm very grateful that uh, Kamala Harris stepped up and ran with Joe Biden and that she'll serve uh, as the vice president of the United States, but also as a proud Californian. We've worked with Senator Harris, now Vice President Harris, on a variety of issues for our uh, district, for our community, and for our state. And I know that the days of California being the target of the administration are over and we'll be able to work collaboratively, uh, even... uh, former Attorney General Javier Becerra, potentially running health and human services for the new administration. So it really is a great time uh, to be a Californian.
1: Coming up next on Inside California Politics, Inside President Biden's new action on increased LGBTQ rights. We're gonna to talk to Representative Mark DeCano, the first openly gay person of color elected to Congress. President Biden is making it clear that LGBTQ rights will be a priority in his administration. Hours after being sworn into office, the president signed an executive order strengthening workplace discrimination protections based on sexual orientation and gender identity. We have Congressman Mark Tacano joining us here on Inside California Politics. Congressman Tacano, great to talk to you.
3: Wonderful to be here.
1: So I wanna talk about this incoming administration and specifically something that is close to you. When you came into Congress, you were the first person of color who was openly gay. So considering the executive order that President Biden signed hours after he was sworn in that protects LGBTQ members in the workplace from discrimination, what does that mean to you?
3: Uh, it, it means a lot uh, in terms of demonstrating what Pres- President Biden considers his core values uh, to actually sign this executive order, uh, which extends workplace protections. Um, it, and actually, actually it's, it's, he's enforcing really what it is. It's, it's beyond workplace. Um, he is referring uh, to Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act uh, and the Bostick uh, court decision, the Supreme Court decision, which found that the uh, word sex discrimination or what sex discrimination uh, was, was, is that, that also it was prohibited in that act, but it also includes uh, uh, discrimination on the basis of gender identity and sexual orientation. And what's exciting about this executive order is he's saying that the same reasoning that the justices arrived at uh, in deciding the Boston case on workplace discrimination uh, on the 1964 Civil Rights Act Title VII, also extends to uh, the Fair Housing Act, uh, the immigration, uh, on immigration laws that prohibit uh, uh, discrimination on the basis of sex, uh, and um, I said fair housing, immigration, um, and there's one more I'm forgetting, but there's three other new broad areas of law which he's ordering his agencies and departments to examine and review um, how those laws can be en- enforced to protect LGBTQ people from discrimination in those areas of law as well. So this is uh, an expansion uh, beyond uh, it, it, uh, it's Title actually big big one Title Nine of uh, the Higher Education Act. That is a, that's also a huge new uh, domain of law. Uh, that will affect millions and millions of LGBTQ people. So it's very exciting.
1: Obviously, you feel like this is a step in the right direction. You were pleased with how this administration has started, even though we're just a few days in. But what else would you like to see happen? What else would you like to see happen in terms of LGBTQ rights come out of the Congress and have the president's signature?
3: Well, um, the Equality Act is something that President Biden said he'd like to see happen. Uh, very early in his administration, and um, given legislators, uh, the LGBTQ legislators uh, in the Congress, uh, that signal, we're making it the top priority. David Cicilline, uh, who chairs the LGBTQ uh, Equality Caucus, is is leading uh, that effort. Uh, I'm I'm there alongside him uh, as a supporter of that. Uh, that. What would the Equality Act do? The Equality Act would do much the same uh, and a bit beyond what this executive order does, but it would it would codify it into statute uh, so that there'd be no doubt uh, that, a, that a future president could undo it uh, by an executive order.
0: Next, climate change is once again a priority in the White House. Hear from an original co-sponsor of the Green New Deal, Northern California Congressman Jared Huffman. In a stark reversal from his predecessor, President Biden is taking immediate action to prioritize protecting the environment. His day one executive orders included rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement, revoking the federal permit of the Keystone XL pipeline, and pledging to review Trump administration regulatory actions in favor of industry. Joining us now, Congressman Jared Huffman, a member of the House Select Committee on the Climate Crisis. We know uh, climate change is one of your top priorities. You're a co-sponsor of the original Green uh, New Deal resolution. President Biden also making climate change a priority. He signed a number of executive orders on day one dealing with climate change. What are your thoughts on those? and, And what do you
4: hope to see from the administration in the months ahead on the climate front? Well, I'm encouraged by these day one actions. I mean, to, to get us back with literally the entire rest of the world uh, in, in the Paris Accord is very important. To stop digging the climate hole deeper by uh, not building a, a big boondoggle fossil fuel pipeline like Keystone XL, that's important too. So those are two great steps. I'm, I'm just as encouraged though, by the quality of the people he's putting in place uh, at key agencies. And just the clarity he's bringing to this, always mentioning it as one of the top two or three priorities, calling it the crisis that it is. Um, And and I think the bottom line is, when we talk about building back better, which is really the centerpiece of what uh, this administration seeks to do, uh, especially in the first 100 days, uh, building back better to address clean energy and climate solutions uh, just fits naturally. And so I think we're gonna have some tremendous opportunities.
0: You are encouraged, it sounds like, but the Green New Deal that you co-sponsored is different from the president's plan. Do you think his plan is bold enough to make measurable change? He has a
4: very bold plan, and, and I think it's important for folks to understand the Green New Deal was not a bill. It was a resolution. It was an aspirational vision statement, essentially, that said that we need to listen to the world's scientists, uh, propose solutions that match the scale of the crisis, and do it in a way that's equitable and that puts the needs of these frontline communities front and center. So far, I think everything I've seen from the Biden administration is consistent with that, but it is important not to conflate an aspirational vision statement like the Green New Deal with the specific legislation that we're gonna need to bring forward and that we're starting to under this new administration. And what what do you think
0: should be fashioned at the end of the day? Are there some main bullet points that you would like to see come out of uh, the Congress, and then eventually signed by the president?
4: Well, I think you've seen a lot of the work that needs to happen in the infrastructure package we put forward last year. Now, it died like so many other good bills on Mitch McConnell's desk, but the floor of the United States Senate is no longer under lockdown. Uh, we can actually get votes on, on many of these things. And, you know, building back better with a bold infrastructure package that that really emphasizes clean, energy and climate solutions, that is responsive to this economic downturn uh, that the pandemic has dealt us. So it just makes all kinds of sense, I think, to, to pick up where we left off with a lot of that package and to try to move it forward in these first 100 days.
0: A Californian, Kamala Harris, is now Vice President of the United States, Nancy Pelosi, of course, the Speaker of the House. Uh, how, if at all, does this help to get things done here in California?
4: I think the, the interests and needs of California are going to be uh, taken seriously again And instead of California being resented, being mocked and scorned, you know this White House just hated California. Uh, so I'm glad to be done with that. The truth is California has a lot to offer. We've got a lot of talent, a lot of innovation. Some of these challenges, you know we were the first to tackle with the you know our clean car standards and other clean energy and climate, leadership. Um, with, with being a first adopter, as California often is, come the stumbles uh, of being first. Uh, so we're not perfect, but uh, we really have a lot to offer the country. And we're also big enough and important enough, you know, the fifth largest economy in the world, I think last time I checked, uh, that we should be respected and uh, treated fairly. Uh, so that'll be a refreshing change as well.
1: Coming up, we go inside the bullpen with two longtime political reporters. They will break down the impact of the relationship between California and the Biden White House. We are now hearing from california's first latino senator this is the moment vice president kamala harris swore in her replacement senator alex padilla he spoke to our crew inside the capitol during his first full day on the job
3: Uh, honestly it's it's mixed emotions inauguration yesterday represented a new beginning for the nation uh new session in congress new democratic majority new job for me eager to uh, provide the input uh, into the deliberations that my life experience uh, gives me and my family's journey has provided. At the same time, I've got to tell you, you know, to not have uh, my wife and kids standing next to me when I raise my right hand, a reflection of complications of the COVID-19 pandemic and travel safety uh, and the security situation here at the Capitol. So it's a sober reminder of uh, not just the importance of the work that we have, but the urgency of the work that we have ahead of us.
1: And with a Democratic majority in the Senate and in the House, it is expected Biden will have the opportunity to advance his agenda through Congress. Joining us now inside the bullpen is Marisa Lagos, KQED political correspondent and KCBS radio political reporter Doug Sovereign. Doug, I want to start with you because we saw a big week for California politicians, you have Kamala Harris making history as the vice president. You have Alex Padilla being sworn in as the first uh, Hispanic senator here in California. And if he is confirmed, HHS secretary, uh, Javier Becerra. Californians are going to be in the forefront during a pivotal time in our country.
5: They are. Uh, You've got Californians in the cabinet, not just them, but Janet Yellen from UC Berkeley will be secretary of the Treasury. Uh, You've got three of the top five in line of succession to the presidency being women and all from the Bay Area, Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, or Harris, then Pelosi, Janet Yellen. And yeah, Californians in the cabinet, Californians in sub-cabinet positions. And it's really uh, an about face from where things were in the Trump administration when California had very little influence. He only came out here to raise money. He knew he couldn't win the state. Uh, He didn't care what Californians wanted and obviously the policies that are followed by the majority party in California were at, you know, diametric opposition to everything President Trump was going to do. Now you're going to see Californians not only in the cabinet and in decision making positions and having a lot of influence, but really a lot of the policies California has led the way on are going to set the standard for much of what Joe Biden wants to do in this administration, from climate change to immigration, uh, to civil rights, gay rights, you're going to see extraordinary influence now from California much like it was, say, in the Obama or Clinton years.
1: Marisa, you had some great reporting this week talking to you know, other elected leaders across the state about what Vice President Kamala Harris, uh, what her being in that role means. Specifically, Mayor Eric Garcetti said the vice president and the second husband, they are America.
6: Yeah, I mean, he's really talking about their mix, her mixed-race background, their sort of blended family, you know, with his stepkids and ex-wife being part of their Thanksgiving celebration. Um, I think that this is a, a, a huge moment, not just for California, but for people across the nation. I'm, I've also talked to children who see themselves in Kamala Harris, you know, the fact that she's South Asian and Black. Um, I think this is really reflective of, you know, The leadership we've seen ascend in California in recent years, um, not quite as fast nationally, but it is a moment. And and I talked to Mayor London Breed, also up here in San Francisco, who's known Kamala Harris for more than 20 years. She said she had been crying all morning um, and really reflected, you know, as, as somebody who was raised by a grandmother who had been a sharecropper, just how remarkable it is for so many kids across this nation to see someone like that in the White House at Joe Biden's side really making uh, helping make policy and 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 really exercising her power.
1: That was the perfect segue because I want to ask you both. Marisa I'll start with you. I mean what kind of vice president do you think Kamala Harris is going to be?
6: Well I think she's really trying to model it on Biden's vice presidency. I mean they've talked about the fact that she will be the last person in the room. Um, she's going to be obviously spending a lot more time in the Senate than perhaps she even did as a senator as the tiebreaker mm-hmm. there. But I think the important thing is like You know she will be there to represent california and 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 i think help with uh bring us back from you know the cold as doug mentioned but she is there to serve the entire nation and to serve this president and so i don't think we should expect that it will be her agenda as much as joe biden's and that she will be a team player doug your thoughts on that
5: yeah i do think she'll subsume her own ambitions and and ideology to his because she knows that's why she's there She knows how this game is played and that he elevated her to this position to be a number two. You know, the vice presidency was really redefined, starting with with Fritz Mondale to become more of a co-president, an assistant president, somebody who actually was involved. And that's held held true really ever since, with the exception maybe of Dan Quayle. Uh, But it was true for for the first George Bush under Reagan. It certainly has been true for Joe Biden under Obama. And that's, I think, what the American people have come to expect now and what they're going to get from Kamala Harris.
0: All of our full interviews are now online. Just go to your local station's website and click on the Inside California Politics tab. Thanks for joining us this week for Inside California Politics.
1: We will see you back here next week.